everyone. Welcome to Spawn, a common sense, generally fun, and hopefully helpful discussion on parenting and parenting culture and those issues that impact us all. Hey, I'm Liz Gumbiner. I'm the co-founder of CoolMomPicks.com. And today I am so excited to be talking with the one and only best-selling author and TED Talk legend, Lovie Ajayi-Jones, about her brand new book, which happens to be her first for children. And of course, we'll close out our show with our cool picks of the week. So let me jump right in. For those of you who don't know Lovie, she is a three-time New York Times bestselling author, speaker, and entrepreneur. She thrives at the intersection of culture, business, and leadership. You may know her for her renowned TED Talk, Get Comfortable with Being Uncomfortable. It's amazing. It now has something like 8 million views, which is incredible. Or maybe you know her from her podcast, Professional Troublemaker, or her online writing at lovey.com. Her critically acclaimed books, Professional Troublemaker, The Fear Fighter Manual, and I'm Judging You, The Do Better Manual, were instant bestsellers. And last year, she released another bestseller you might know, her first book for young readers called Rising Troublemaker, A Fear Fighting Manual for Teens. Now she's about to release her first picture book, Little Troublemaker Makes a Mess, which was illustrated by Joey Spiota. And if you haven't already pre-ordered for her May 2nd release date, get on that. Here she brings her fear-fighting advice to children about four to eight to help us raise our little troublemakers who can be their bravest, boldest, truest selves with a little guidance. So welcome, Lovey. Thank you so much for having me, Liz. I'm so glad you're here. We were just saying before the show, I think the last time I saw you in person was probably 10 years ago. So I'm so glad to finally have you on. Absolutely glad to be here. So listen, let's start because you have a very clear brand throughout all your books, which is about troublemaking. And I wanted to start with just your definition of that, because one of the reasons I love your work is you always talk about your goal is helping people feel joy and think critically and take action and leave the world a better place. And that's something I think we can all work on. And I I certainly want my children to work on that. Is that what adds up to a troublemaker or is it more? I think it's more. I think at the core of a troublemaker is somebody who's committed to elevating the world as they found it. You know, it's about elevating the wounds that we are in and being a part of the positive change that happens. So that includes infusing joy, but it also includes the moments when we have to challenge somebody, the moments when we have to say, hey, that thing was not okay. And I'd love to help you figure out why. And do you feel like the world world right now is kind of primed for this type of troublemaking because I'm feeling it. I think the world right now is showing us what happens when we don't celebrate the troublemakers. Mm. When it's showing us that we have not prioritized letting people know we need your voice because the way things are dumpster fire, (laughs) I think it's a moment for us to reckon with the fact that we have not prioritized justice and being people who are holding each other accountable. So now we have a whole bunch of tyrants running around. And that does not mean like our children as little tyrants. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're a different type of tyrants. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, one thing that's interesting about the book is it's kind of based on the real life little lovey, right? And I want to know how little lovey began her own troublemaking. Like, I'm curious how your own upbringing influenced who you are today. Oh, my gosh. So I was a kid who got in trouble for her mouth. (laughs) I didn't get in trouble for things like, oh, climbing on trees and touching fire. No, no. I got in trouble for saying something to somebody that was probably rude, but usually I would do it after they did something to me. 
<laughs> so I would do it after as a response, especially to my big brother. So I was a kid who was very much tied to whether something felt fair. Like literally my favorite phrase was, that's not fair. Because I was so insisting that whatever would happen is something that felt equitable. So whenever somebody would do something to me that I didn't like, I'd say something back every time, even though I knew I would get in trouble. Because I felt like it was important to stand up for myself. And I kind of became that girl. I grew up to be that girl who says, you know what? Yes, I know how to say it better now. I know how to be more thoughtful now. But even if I'm challenging something bigger than me, I have to, because that's who I need to be to make this world the world that I want to live in. You know what I love about that from a parenting perspective is that we often, and, and you do this really well in the book, we often see things in our kids that we think are negative or problems. And sometimes if you take those traits and turn them around or harness them effectively and productively, they can actually end up being a really essential and positive part of a kid's personality. It sounds like that's something that happened to you. Like, were your parents a part of that? Absolutely. You know, when we think about how kids see the world and how they handle it, and, you know, people hear the word troublemaker and instantly think about the kid that's like throwing paint on the wall. I really think it is in the moment when they're asserting who they are to us and they're learning whether we love who they are or whether we want them to be different from who they are. And I think they're taking those notes and being like, mm, I need to change this piece of myself. What we need to do is make sure that they are harnessing the best parts of themselves. Even when they don't really know how to do it well, we need to then redirect them as opposed to shutting them down completely. So was there something specific that you can recall your parents doing that helped encourage that in you? Because the mom in the book is very much like that. I really loved the piece where the mom basically makes it clear that even though you did this thing I didn't like, I love you anyway. Absolutely. So whenever I would get in trouble, I would take whatever the punishment was. And then after the fact, I'd go back to my mom and I'd say, I feel like you owe me an apology. Wow. <laughs> no, really, like seriously, I would literally go back to her and I'd be like, I feel like that was not fair. What happened? Because you didn't even hear my side. And my mom would laugh and just be like, okay. But I didn't get in further trouble for saying it. You know, she did not punish me for being like, you owe me an apology. She would actually give me a chance to say whatever it is I had to say. And then she'd go do whatever you were doing again. So she listened to me. So it actually taught me early on that it really wasn't about how somebody else would react, but I still had space to give me the voice that I needed. So I think I kind of carried that on with me that, listen, it's not about you getting the apology that you said you wanted. It's about being heard and having space to have your voice heard. Because one of the things that was toughest for me is when I felt like I was not even heard at all. So she made me feel heard. And I think that's very much the character in the book, yeah. Little Lovey. And just to recap quickly, it's about a younger version of you, presumably. Mm -hmm. Someone who has great intentions and a big heart and wants to do something kind. In this case, making Nigerian rice, which sounds amazing, by the way. I immediately looked up all the recipes. <laughs> you know, the point is that sometimes doing something good doesn't always work out the way you want, especially if you're not following rules or listening to people looking out for you. And I'm wondering if that was based on your own experience? Did you have a problem making yeah. rice or was there something else that inspired this? <laughs> I actually never attempted to make rice when I was that little, but I wanted Little Lovey to try to do this because it might have been something that I might have tried. You know, a lot of times, little kids, they're just really kind. Like, they just want to do good, even though it doesn't always go well. So I wanted to use myself as an example because the one thing about little me is I felt very confident. And I still am very confident, but the confidence gap for kids starts very young, like around 10. And it was important for me 
movie to show this character who was me reflected on paper who actually was feeling overconfident. Mm. Now, her problem is that she didn't know how to harness it to hear like, listen, you're probably not supposed to cook because you're tiny. So she learns that lesson at the end of it. But it was important for me to show that particular piece because also I wanted to show a bit of my culture and show that even though we are all from all these different places, we still have this great intention. You know, a kid might try to make lasagna when they're not supposed to. You know, a kid might try to make ramen when they're not supposed to. So it's kind of the universal being personal. But yeah, no, I just definitely wanted to show her doing something that was really out of her scope and reach and how her mom would react to it. Well, my kids try to make like mug cakes when they were little. With I don't know what that says about my culture. Maybe we don't have enough of one. <laughs> but that's what they tried to do in the microwave, which they would blow up when they were little. Oh my God. So I think one of the things that I like about this also is that while there's really good lesson for young readers, like I love the line that you put in when everything's kind of a mess and her mom comes home and she says she hadn't thought about why the rules were the rules, but she could have really gotten hurt. Yes. And I thought that was wonderful because I think back to classic children's books where it's like Rotten Ralph or even something like Eloise, where the kids are troublemakers or they misbehave, but they don't really learn lessons necessarily. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to know what you were thinking about that, why you put that in there. It was important for me to put that in there because making trouble and being good intentioned is great. You know, having a big heart is great, but sometimes it does lead to us making a mess, but we have to learn and grow from it. It's not about people out here who are just doing what they want to do and they never learn or grow. I think it's really important part of being a troublemaker in the world, whether you are a professional troublemaker or a little troublemaker, to always learn and grow from your mistakes. So I wanted to make sure that it was clear that Lovey knew what her mistake was, even though she meant well, and for her to know how to not do the same thing again. Because if we keep on repeating mistakes, then we're not really doing anything. We're not teaching kids how to move forward (laughs) as human beings. So I wanted Lovey to know, listen, certain rules are in place to protect your actual physical being. And those rules, you should probably not break them. But, you know, yes, speak up for yourself. Yes, absolutely be bold, but also be cognizant of the ways in which you might be putting yourself at risk. And I think that's an incredible takeaway for young readers. And that's why I really like the book so much. But the other thing I really like is there's a lesson in here for parents. And I'll say the first time I read through it, I wasn't expecting that because kids' books don't generally speak to the parents who are probably the readers of the books. And so I'm hoping that you could explain a little more what you want parents to take away from this story. First of all, I love that affirmation. I love that adults get to read this also and pull something away from it. I think it was important for me to also talk to the parents because, yeah, a lot of parents are like, how do I affirm my little troublemaker, my little tiny rebel who is running around this house trying to figure stuff out? How do I not lose my mind? How do I make sure that I don't shut them down? So I wanted to kind of model what it's like to, one, be stern about the rules, but also still walk away having the child feeling loved. I think especially for those of us who are hard on ourselves, we've been hard on ourselves since we were little. We didn't just become hard on ourselves as grownups. We've been really tough on ourselves since we were little. And I think it would be helpful for us to know and hear that, yes, your mistakes, learn from them, do better, but you are still lovable and worthy in spite of them. It's a message that I hope parents keep drilling into their kids because then it makes people less afraid of accountability, for example. You know, you've met the adults who, when they're corrected, they take it as indictment, Mm -hmm. like an actual abuse to their personality and spirit. Those adults would be better 
at taking correction if they knew I'm correcting your mistake, not your personhood. So that starts from childhood. I I think that's wonderful. And you really spell it out in the book. I think the line is, even when she got in trouble, her mother still made her feel loved. And that made me very emotional. I was really emotional seeing that because I think that's such an important reminder for parents that when we have a troublemaker, when we have a kid who's speaking out or trying to break a rule, that first of all, you need to go back and look at the cause. In this case, young Lovey was not trying to do anything horrible. She was trying to do something kind. But then we need to remind our kids that no matter what, we understand they're still kids. They'll make mistakes and we love them and we support them. And I don't think parents can hear that too much. Absolutely. And I don't think any of us can hear that too much. Like even as grownups, we also need to know that we are more than our mistakes. We don't have to define ourselves and our lives and our personalities from the worst moments, from the moments when we fall flat on our faces. So it's funny, little lovey's still teaching me stuff because, you know, even me as an adult, when I make mistakes, I'm really hard on myself. So in reading this book to myself and even talking about this book, it's been reparenting me. Mm. It's been forcing me to learn how to be more gentle with myself in those moments when I'm embarrassed or where I make a mistake or where I don't show up as my best self. What a beautiful thing to say. You know, we talked to a lot of children's book authors and you may be the first who talked about something you're learning from your own story. I think that's really special. Oh, wow. And I just want to ask you a little bit about the book's creation because I know a lot of our listeners are writers too and a lot of us have dreams of writing a children's book maybe with our own kids one day. So tell me a little bit about your collaboration with the illustrator Joey Spiato. He's amazing. Parents, listeners may know his work from The Grumpy Unicorn or from the Alien Next Door books. How did you connect with him? How did you find him? And what was the process of creating the images and characters and the beautiful visuals on the page? Yes. So I've worked with a woman named Macy Robinson for like five years and Macy's amazing. So when Professional Troublemaker came out, Macy gifted me with a drawing of a little troublemaker, which was a little version of me. And I loved it. I've talked about having a children's book one day. So when she surprised me with that, I was like, oh my God, you just created the visual that I've had in my head. I was like, who's this illustrator? And she introduced me to Joey. Wow. Yeah. And I pitched a book to my publishers using that illustration. And I said, look, picture this little girl because I posted the illustration on Instagram and my audience went nuts. They were like, I want to see a story about this little girl. Like she is a whole vibe. And I was like, oh my God, yes. So I pitched the book. My publishers loved it. I was like, Joey, let's make a book. And we tweaked her a lot from the original Little Troublemaker drawing that he did. We made her younger. Because at first, she was probably more around 10 or 11. So we made her more like six or seven. Mm. And it was such a fun collaboration to figure out what parts of myself to really show up in the character. So he looked at pictures of me when I was little and then pictures of me now. And what's interesting is I am very much who I was when I was little. So the pictures I sent of him when I was little, very much cognizant to what I have now. I dressed the same. Like I was wearing gold chains then. I had my gold earring. I loved wearing hats. So I'm very much this girl still. So it was a really cool collaboration. Yeah, it's fantastic. I will say though, in fairness, I think your followers on Instagram love everything you post. (laughs) But I'm not surprised that that kind of blew up a lot. So did you have kids in your life who you focus group this with? Like, did you show these illustrations to children? Like, what was that process? No, I actually didn't focus group this with kids in my life. What's interesting is one of my friend's daughters, Kylie, a couple of years ago when Professional Troublemaker came out, she was like, I want you to write a book for me. So it's so funny. All the synergy was happening at the same time. So I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to write you a book called Little Troublemaker. And then had a full circle moment because my podcast, Professional Troublemaker, this week I interviewed Kylie and I talked to her about Little Troublemaker. I talked to her about, you know, how can adults do better? How can kids love themselves even when they make mistakes? So it was such a great moment. When she read the book, she was like, it's not just good. It's great. 
I was like, well, there's my focus group. It's a winning book. <laughs> and I, I heard that. It's wonderful. That's the recent one, right? Yes. Where it's talking about how like adults are glued to their phones all yes. the time, like a kid's perspective on what's going on yes. in the world and how we can mm-hmm. do better. It's really good. It's really good. I hope people listen to your podcast if they don't already. So I guess just my last question is, I think as adults... We all still make messes in our lives, Mm -hmm. right? In all kinds of ways. With our kids, we say the wrong thing at work. We're imperfect, right? Even if we have the best of intentions. And so I'm curious if you can reveal any recent stories of your own where you tried to do something good or kind or benevolent and it just didn't work out. Oh, well, I have a very good recent example that was like facepalm for me. So my podcast was on hiatus for a year. I hadn't had a new episode since 2022. So my first episode episodes back, I'm doing a limited edition series on all things Little Troublemakers. So I'm interviewing Little Troublemakers. I'm talking about a letter to my younger self. So my first episode back, my team was really busy that day. So I said, you know what? I'm going to do the upload of the podcast. You guys don't worry about it. I'll handle it myself. So I happened to be multitasking that day. So I upload the episode of the podcast. I schedule it for 6 a.m. to drop on Tuesday. I was feeling excited and being like, yes, I did the thing. I'm ahead of the game. I wake up the next day around eight o'clock and I'm just going about my business. I start getting DM from people that's like, hey, listen to your podcast. I'm so glad you're back. Um, You uploaded the version that has your errors in it. The ones before you fully- Oh my gosh. Liz, I wanted to melt, okay? I had uploaded the file before my sound engineer edited it. So like all my, <laughs> yes. I, I can only say, I can only imagine what that sounds like because I know that our engineer, John, does a lot of editing on our upfront. Oh my God. So all my redos <laughs> oh, and no. my line rereads are in the episode. I was like, oh my God, somebody else messages me on LinkedIn. Hey, I'm so glad your podcast is back. Yes, there's a bunch of errors in it. I love hearing the behind the scenes of it all. I'm like, oh no. Oh my so Liz, this is where I start beating myself up. I start saying, lovey, you're not supposed to have done that. You shouldn't have multitasked. I felt embarrassed. I felt like I basically like showed my slip. <laughs> my, <laughs> right? I was like, oh my God, this is what I get for multitasking. This is what I get for trying to do all the things myself. So I changed it. I re-uploaded it and added the new version. But people who had already downloaded it are still listening to the unedited version. And I had to remind myself, I read my own book again to myself. I read Little Troublemaker and I thought to myself, okay, what would you say to little lovey in this moment about making mistakes? Aww. What would you say to her if she's feeling embarrassed, if she was feeling like she fell flat on her face? How would you handle her? So I had to tell little lovey, listen, yes, mistakes happen. You've learned that next time, don't multitask while you're trying to do this thing that's important. Do one thing at a time so you can focus. And then three, you are okay. Even when you make mistakes, you are okay. Who you've been is good. Your work is good. This does not mean that you create bad work. It just means you made one mistake and people are actually are seeing the behind the scenes. So maybe you're actually encouraging somebody else that their mistakes can still be big and they're okay. They can recover from it. I talked to myself like I would talk to little lovey in that moment about this thing. And it's interesting because in the podcast, one of the letters to my younger self, one of the pieces was your mistakes do not define you. Mm -hmm. So I was basically ministering to myself in that letter 
said it to my younger self without realizing that I would have to use those words back to adult me right after I said them to little me. So that's how I handled that situation. Like for me, it was a big mistake and I felt really exposed, but I had to have that come to Jesus moment with myself. And I ended up writing about it and people were like, yo, you just made me feel seen. I was like, you know what? Uh, Thank little lovey for that. Thank little lovey because she's, she's ministering to me every day. Amazing way to turn it around. And I love the idea that our mistakes don't define us, but they certainly help inform who we can become, right? Absolutely. So tell us what are the best places to find you and all the cool things you're doing? Is it your website, social, somewhere else? You know, I invite people to tap into the Professional Troublemaker podcast. I think they'd really love that. And then two, sign up for my newsletter, The Love Letter. It's L-U-V-V-L-E-T-T-E-R.com. And in The Love Letter, I actually talk about these lessons in real time. So one of my last lessons was a reflection around when I make mistakes and how I handled that and how I had to tap in Little Lovey. So I'd love for people to, yeah, listen to Professional Troublemaker Podcast and sign up for The Love Letter and you'll get all these different things that I'm thinking through, that I am working through, that I'm healing through. You are such a force. And of course, we want people to buy the book. Absolutely. Pre-order it or buy it from your own independent bookstore. It's called Little Troublemaker Makes a Mess by Lovey Ajayi Jones. It'll be shipping May 2nd. And I just need to put an extra, extra plug out there for your independent bookstores. They can really use our help, but of course, order it anywhere books are sold. And hopefully it'll help more of us parents raise little troublemakers of our own who can be their own bravest, boldest, and truest selves, as you always say, Lovey. So I'm so glad you're going to stick around for Cool Picks of the Week. Yes. Because I can't wait to hear what you have. So now it's time for Cool Picks of the Week. Cool Picks of the Week. And Lovey, you're my guest. You get to go first. So my cool pick of the week is my favorite red lipstick because it is my security blanket when I'm out in the world. When I have it on, I feel like I look good and I can be confident. It is called Boss Lady and it is with the lip bar. It's a Black-owned company and it stays for like eight hours. Boss Lady. And if you guys use the code LOVEY10, you get 10% off your purchase. So that's my cool pick of the week. Look at that. Yeah. Look at us up with the little discounts. I love it. I'm going to give you a little (laughs) plug. Yes. Get you a red lipstick. And here's the other thing too. It is the perfect red lipstick for everybody. Like it works on any skin tone. It is the wildest, most magical thing. The lip bar. I am in. I am on so many Zoom calls these days. I cannot have enough good lipsticks. So I'm all over it. So my cool pick, I have a couple things I want to talk about. First, I just want to put in a plug for another book for adults. My friend and old school blogger and writer, Maura Ahrens Mealy, has just come out with a book called The Anxious Achiever. It's really wonderful. I wrote about it recently on my Substack, and it's amazing how many high achieving women are grappling with anxiety, including clinical anxiety, panic attacks. And really the book is all about how you can channel that and help it drive you so that you can live with it and make the most of your world. It's really special and I hope people pick it up. The other thing I have to plug, because I don't know if you can hear, I'm doing a bit of a Demi Moore voice today. I'm just getting over a cold. And I found the best throat drops ever. There's a company called Wetterspoon, W-E-D-D-E-R, Wetterspoon, and they're organic Manuka honey drops. Love you. Have you ever tried like Manuka honey for all kinds of ailments? I have not. It's really great. I found it a couple of years ago. And these are Manuka honey drops from New Zealand. It's like just a special honey that has all kinds of healing benefits and whatnot. And you don't need to tell me twice to try anything with honey honey in it. But these happen to be a lifesaver and they're probably the only thing keeping me from coughing through this whole podcast right now. So thank you to Wetterspoon. You can grab them at CVS or basically any good pharmacy should have them. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Spawn. Huge thanks to our guest, Lovey Ajayi Jones, and to our awesome engineer, John Bowen. If you've got a minute and can leave us a nice review, we'd greatly appreciate your time by doing that. Also subscribing and sharing our episodes if you like them. It helps other listeners like you find us. You can also join us on Facebook and on social media where we chat about the show topics and pretty much anything else you'd like to talk about. Thanks so much for listening to Spawn. This is Liz. Have a great day. Bye.